feeling. That slow softness stretching through your muscle fiber, the release of your joints popping like chestnuts, the giddiness of your fingertips thumbing through books or absent-mindedly strumming a guitar, that comfort. The one traveling up your back thanks to a cup of something warm, spices bringing giggles to your heart, and the heat. Ah, the heat filling your lungs and exhaling into a smile, its coziness. Flannel pajama pants and fleece-lined slippers with a side of a snoozing critter at your feet. Make it a cat, dog, raccoon, or heck, even your children count. We love the coziness of the winter season. Even those who don't love the snow and ice can admit that much. The Danes even have a word for it, huga. Would you mind reading the spelling of that for our listeners? H-I, or H-Y-G-G-A. Perfect! Good afternoon, and welcome to the Live Poet Society, where we read aloud literature in real time and chat about it. I'm your unqualified host, Hattie Runsbury, and now it's time to introduce you properly. For today's episode, I have been joined by a very special guest, my friend Josh. Hello, I'm Josh. (laughs) Josh and I have known each other for a while, but our listeners don't know you at all. What do you like to do, Josh, and what makes you uniquely unqualified to be on this podcast? Um, A lot of things, actually. Um, (laughs) I love to act and be on the stage, and I'm a pretty big fan of the sound of my own voice sometimes. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we're really glad to have you here, Josh. Now, let's get on into this episode. First of all, let's get into the new releases for the month of December that we usually do. This time, I've only got one, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the concept of the series of books rather than the book itself, because this is the third one in the series. So, what we're looking at right now is a book that was released today which is called Secrets Typed in Blood by Stephen Spotswood. Here's the genre list. Hold your breath. It's a mystery, thriller, queer historical fiction. It's got a Goodreads score of four stars, and it is the third book in the Pentecost and Parker series. Now, we're going to read the description of the series, and that may give you a better idea of what this looks like, but I think this book is going to cover a lot of people's bases. The Pentecost and Parker series takes gritty 40s noir, shakes it up, gives it a charming twist, and serves it up with unforgettable style. A wildly charming and fast-paced mystery written with all the panache of the hard-boiled classics. Fortune favors the dead, 
the first book, introduces Pentecost and Parker, an audacious new detective duo for the ages. It's 1942, and Willow Jean will. Parker is a scrappy circus runaway whose knife-throwing skills have just saved the life of New York's best and most unorthodox private investigator, Lillian Pentecost. When the dapper detective summons Will a few days later, she doesn't expect to be offered a life-changing proposition. Lillian's multiple sclerosis means she can't keep up with her old caseload alone, so she wants to hire Will to be her right-hand woman. In return, Will is to receive a salary, room and board, and training in Lillian's very particular art of investigation. Josh, I don't know about you, but I love an opportunity for a detective series. Oh, always. Someone solving a mystery, whether it be murder or just like playing out who stole something, anytime. And queer historical fiction always has a place on my bookshelf. So this one is definitely kind of calling to me. I may have to put it further down the shelf, but uh, it's something to think about. No doubt. No doubt about it. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, let's get into the cozy poetry, shall we? The first poem that we're going to read today is Oda a los Calcetines by Pablo Neruda. I was introduced to Pablo Neruda's poetry in high school, and I loved it. I just thought he was so honest, and yet he covered a lot of romantic bases, not just in like a sensual romantic way with some of those poetry, but he romanticized a lot of concepts and a lot of items. And you'll find that with this poem because it quite literally translates to Ode to My Socks. It's silly, it's cozy, and I think you'll find that it's very deeply charming. Maru Mari brought me a pair of socks that she knit with her shepherd's hands. Two socks as soft as rabbit fur. I thrust my feet inside them as if they were two little boxes knit from threads of sunset and sheepskin. My feet were two woolen fish in those outrageous socks, two gangly navy blue sharks impaled on a golden thread, two giant blackbirds, two cannons. Thus were my feet honored by those heavenly socks. They were so beautiful, I found my feet unlovable for the very first time, like two crusty old firemen, firemen unworthy of that embroidered fire, those incandescent socks. Nevertheless, I fought the sharp temptation to put them away, the way schoolboys put fireflies in a bottle, the way scholars hoard holy writ. I fought the mad urge to lock them in a golden cage and feed them birdseed and morsels of pink melon every day. Like jungle explorers who deliver a young deer of the rarest species to the roasting spit, then wolf it down in shame, I stretched my feet forward and pulled on those gorgeous socks and over them my shoes. So this is the moral of my ode. Beauty is beauty twice over, and good things are doubly good when you're talking about a pair of wool socks in the dead of winter. Nice. Does that not fit our current winter weather advisory? (laughs) I feel like it does. What did you think of that one, Josh? Um, I can relate to that. I love socks, so. (laughs) The love for socks. Yeah, and it's a particularly, like, silly poem. It's a really wonderful way to start, I think. Um, 
this cozy and comfortable episode. Very warm. Yeah. He's got a very warm tone to him. And you would find that when you read some of his romantic poetry as well, um, you know, on your free time, because we know you have lots of that. Yes, yes, um, yes. He's got this very warm tone, this very comforting and um, personal sort of tone. Well, now, is this translated from Spanish? Yes. Oh, yes. Very nice. okay. So the translation that I used for today is actually one done by an independent person and not by a company. Um, a lot of the comments that I saw on this one were praising it for how it's a little bit more loosey-goosey than you might find if you were translating word by word with a Spanish-English dictionary. So it felt a little bit more organic. Um, but yes, if you want to get the best feel of Pablo Neruda's poetry, you should definitely read it in Spanish. It's just as wonderful in Espanol. <laughs> highly, highly recommend. All right, so our next poem is going to be an excerpt from the book Soft Magic by Upil Chisala, read by our friend Josh. Now, originally, uh, Upil is from the African country of Mawali, and she's a graduate of Oxford. Upil is a really efficient poet. Some of her poems are only a few words, but she really does make them count. Much of her content discusses being a black woman and issues that are incredibly close to her heart. Her style is heavily based in storytelling for herself and other women, as well as being rooted in her passion for activism. She currently lives in California, and much of her work can be viewed on social media or in her books. This poem from her book Soft Magic is applicable to a lot of people and is something that I chose for the listeners that may be fighting with some seasonal depression. Go ahead, Josh. In this hard, hard life, there will always be things to crawl, out from under, and to rise from. Remember, after everything has been fought, there will always be a light to step into. How did that one feel to read, Josh? It felt, it's like, it's so short, and it goes by so fast, but it has a really nice message about, there's always a good that you can find in the world. And that's the solid message that, like, you can really keep with you when you're dealing with certain struggles, especially the seasonal depression. Yeah, yeah. And it's not surprising that with how few words that Upil likes to use, that she got really popular on social media as a poet. Definitely very quotable. Mm -hmm. We have a, f a couple of those, actually, today. Um, I think you're reading both of them, actually. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, but there's something to be said for that, like, poetry that is concise can be just as valuable as poetry that's a little bit longer and is a little bit more um, wordy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to take a really quick break, and then we're going to come back.
You're listening to the Live Poet Society on KDNK. I'm your host, Haddison Rensbury. For those of you now joining us, we just finished listening to a translation of Oda a los Calcetines by Pablo Neruda and an excerpt from Soft Magic by Upil Chisala. Josh, are you excited to get to our next pieces? Very excited. This is my guest host, Josh. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Oh, anytime. Well, if you're ready for our next pieces and so am I, let's jump on into it. Our next piece is going to be Shoulder, Shoulder, Slow, Slow by Ian S. Thomas. He's a poet from South Africa who has won numerous awards and even had his work read for the royal family, but he has become more popular to quote on social media due to his down-to-earth, encouraging style. His most famous book is called I Wrote This For You, which originated in a blog of the same name. The poems on that blog came about because a friend of Ian's agreed to send him a photo, and Ian would write a poem about each one. And now, we're going to have Josh read this poem for you. I had this dream that we somehow evolved without vocal cords, and the only way we could talk to each other was touching our own or each other's skin. And entire books were written entirely in hugs and hand-holding and letting go of each other. And we'd hold and touch and let go of each other in all these different ways to say all these different things. And when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he just put his hand over his heart and held it there with his other hand. And, sa- and it said everything to everyone watching at home. And the news presenter did the same and so did everyone else. And there are museums you can go to in my dream where they have a set of mechanical hands, and you put them against your heart, and you can hear his exact words as he said them. And when people got married, everyone just held each other's hands in a circle and cried, and all the funerals in my dream looked exactly the same. And the people with the lightest fingers spoke so softly, and fishermen and workers had low, gravelly voices. And I dreamed this dream for so long, I learned how to speak entirely in touch. I write poetry on my wife's back every evening before she sleeps, and her skin and her nerve endings are a kind of paper that only reminds the ink, that only remembers the ink written on it for a moment. And while it loses something in my terrible translation, my favorite work goes shoulder, shoulder, slow, slow, neck, arm, back, curve, slow, slow, shoulder, shoulder, slow, slow, neck, arm, back, curve. Slow, slow. And it is so much more eloquent eloquent than anything I've ever said, and so much more beautiful than anything I've ever written with words. All right, so how do you feel about that one? Because I really enjoy that one, but I want to hear from you as the person who just read it. Well, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, if we just weren't able to convey meaning through our words i was having a conversation with someone the other day about how certain words have really gotten skewed from what they originally meant well for the first the first thing that comes to mind is the word love you know you say you love something like in any day experience when there was a much deeper meaning to it and i think this poem really grasps on that that there's a feeling that we actually have for certain things and it's much better to convey that through touch and through your own your own personal vibe that you're sending off rather than actual words. And this poem really creates a world that's really, I guess, a lot more wholesome in a way. Just everyone's more connected. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and you and I can speak to this on a on a particular level because we both have done projects as um, people in the theater, as actors and actresses, and there's so many different components that come with portraying a character or portraying a feeling that you're supposed to invoke in the character or portraying something that only the audience is supposed to notice. Right. But definitely. you're not supposed to know. So what do you do in order to get that? You give a certain feeling. You yeah. send it off. Yeah, you send off a vibe. If you're not, if you can't say it with words, you say it with motion, it, with emotion and how you move and your body language, definitely. Yeah, there's a whole process, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, there's a whole process for theater production and um, performance production called blocking where we go through and either the director or the cast figures out the movement that best portrays what you're trying to get together in that moment in time. And that is one of the first things that we have to do Mm -hmm. because if you don't have where you're going set, then the words mean almost nothing. Well, the words are just you standing there, not moving at all. And as people, we're constantly moving. Change is just part of this world. Like, we're always moving and going places. And so words just, I guess, express that a little bit better, have a more direct point. But they don't always get the meaning across. Yeah, and there's something to be said for the um, the experience of, like, how do, you, how, how do I say um communicating across canyons like adding a communication bridge and in a lot of cases for people that's touch there's plenty of instances throughout history where people cannot speak the same language or um, are completely unable to speak in situations and the best thing they can do for each other is to hold somebody's hand and experience something together and offer some amount of comfort or some amount of physical literal support which is really interesting definitely (laughs) now speaking of people coming together i have our next piece the next piece is entitled neighbors the night the lights went out by angie holden angie holden's work generally takes more of an activist lilt some of her work that I found talks honestly about abuse and contemporary issues. Angie is a poet from the UK, recently featured by the Boundary Way Project, an arts and heritage group from Wolverhampton. This poem was different than several others of hers that I found, but it still has the same voice and is still just as impactful. She took a small canvas bag from the cupboard under the sink, filled it with an assortment of nightlights, vanilla, blueberry, winter spice, added a couple of dumpy glass holders, a box of matches, a bar of chocolate. The house on the corner was in darkness, and the knock on the door answered with a tentative, Who's there? Years later, they laughed about the tea. The water boiled in a pan on the gas ring, the shortbread eaten straight from a tin intended as a Christmas gift, the chocolate eaten square by square, the shimmering candle flames shining light into the darkest corners. That's just got such good, like, winter memory vibes to it, like nostalgia. Yeah. Well, and I think living in a rural area, 
we can relate more than some in the idea of a power outage bringing people together. You get it all the time. Plenty of movies love it. Rom-coms, oh, it's oh, the best. Can't get enough best. of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, because what brings people together more than needing to share resources and needing to actively care about each other in order to become more comfortable and feel more safe? So I really, really wanted to include that poem because I found it on a list, quite literally a list of poems that people had put together of poems that are cozy vibes. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but it it really does give that sort of feel. And especially with sort of a Christmassy and Yule theme, that spirit of community connection and caring so deeply about strangers and finding out that later on in the poem, similar to the way that we experience it in life, we get to have those sorts of interactions mean more later because sometimes you form actual connections and you get to enjoy those people for longer in your life than you had maybe originally thought. So, yeah. What, um, what do you think, Josh? What do I think? Yeah, what do Um, you think? Well, I just think that there's just, like, such a good, like, nice people-to-people vibe this time of year that, like, I can understand why it could give such a depressing feeling sometimes because it's... This time of year really feels like it's about, like, coming together. And it's from the warmth. Like you said, like, people coming in and sharing their goods and, like, their their resources and talking to one another is really essential to this time of year because we can't be outside and we're... Most animals are usually outside. And so it's... It's really nice, and that's probably my favorite time. That's probably one of my favorite reasons for being in this time of year. It's just being close with people and like communicating and like doing fun activities that require us to be a little bit more more social. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a common theme among a lot of the holidays that are around this time of year, regardless of what you celebrate. Um, All of them include getting together with your loved ones and your family and having a meal or, in some people's case, worshipping together or, in others' case, watching a cheesy Christmas movie for the 500th time together. (laughs) Grandma's got run over by a reindeer. Oh, I see someone's got a favorite. Yeah, once upon a time. (laughs) But it's so true because people love finding that comfort and coziness while watching the snow absolutely bury their cars outside. (laughs) But something nice about knowing that you don't have to drive it. You don't have to move it. That's entirely true. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh, what makes you feel cozy this time of year? Just everything. I mean, I've I've loved the Christmas vibe ever since I was a child. I remember my, my Nana was really enthusiastic about Christmas time, and so I feel like she really translated that into me, and I feel a lot... I feel a lot more joyous this time of year. And it's unfortunate that nowadays, like, there's such a such a hate on Christmas. Because it's not, for me, I'm not, I know the Christmas songs get annoying. You know, I hear them every five seconds. I, I You know what, uh, Mariah Carey is just stuck in my head at this point. But it's really, it, it's just about, like, loving your neighbor and just being happy about life. And I think that's more the important thing to get from the christmas time so that's what i like yeah i mean i'm a bit of a grinch myself but i like (laughs) the i like the colors and i like the 
the spices and the warmth and the willingness of people to connect with each other that's pretty integral and pretty special i have to say yeah well we've got a few more minutes um which is great uh so let me list off some of the other important information for this episode um we hope that you really enjoyed this cozy episode of the Live Poet Society here on KDNK. Music for this episode is Old Pine by Ben Howard, which was played at our intermission of sorts. And then our intro music for this episode and outro music is Milk and Honey by Billy Martin. And yes, you can find them on someone's cozy playlist on Spotify. Not mine, but I'm sure someone has them somewhere. And in case you're trying to bop out right now, happy holidays, friends. If you're sticking with us, Josh, speaking of the Christmas spirit, I heard you're in a radio play. We are, in fact, on the radio right now. Um, Do you want to tell me about your radio play? Yeah, totally. It is called A Christmas Carol, and it is going to be recorded this Friday live in front of an audience at at St. Barnabas Church in Clement Springs. Um, it will be also playing the 20th, the 24th, and the 25th on KMTS. I believe the time is 7 o'clock when they play that, but not 100% certain. You can find more information at defiancecommunityplayers.com, I would assume. I, I, this is off the top of my head, so <laughs> I'm just pulling it just straight from my memory. I take fault for the fact that um, he is ter- currently being put on the spot. So there you go. That's that's a that's an answer there. Um, well, we're really excited to to hear more about that in the future, and um, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, it's a great time of year to wish people happy holidays and make somebody a cup of cocoa. So we're going to peace out. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Honey, here we are Dreaming in the dark Trouble seems so far Say those were ours But now we dream apart Now we dream apart Oil and water But I'm just Say you.